tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. Subway Eat Fresh, right here in 106.1 KISS FM. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. J-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Hey, good morning. Trying to fix my mic. It's like falling all over the place. Yeah, there you go. I think I I need one of those mic stands that you've got there where it's like really super sturdy. With the arm. Good morning, good morning. Yep. Yeah, these are these these are like 1970s relics. Are they? Yeah, for See, sure. They just don't build just, them like that anymore. They don't build them like that anymore. No, you can, yeah. you can, get one. You can, you can still buy them for sure. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Happy Monday. Yeah, mm. you too. I just got back. How was your that. weekend on the Brack? It was great. It was wow. it was really awesome. We, it's the first time I had been to be able to explore Cayman Brack. So wow, okay. Um, we had a good time. There's lots to do over there. 
at least yeah. for the first time. Yeah. Nice. You know? So nice. anything crazy happened over the weekend? I saw uh, you had yes. Reagan Ruddy on. That was cool. Yes, that was pretty awesome. Um, she competed over the weekend. I didn't get to see her performance. Do you have it up on your, your page? Yes, we have the floor. Um, I think we at least have the floor performance. Okay. <clears throat> so that's up. There's literally no TV in Cayman Rack, at least where we were staying. So I mean, it was kind of a nice break. <laughs> Okay. You know, but but they do I, have TV and and you know do, cable where providers we're, and where we're no there's yeah there's logic and yeah and, and but, providers, but uh, at the hotel was not they didn't have they didn't have TV which was kind of nice but mm. also I wasn't able to watch any of the Olympics which is kind of a bummer yeah but, there's oh, a lot of too. yeah how'd she do um, I think she did well I mean she's just 19 years old I and mean, we have to keep things in perspective um, yeah I mean all, all the performers are, are young. Mm -hmm. And um, she was in subdivision one, which included, um, I think like Cuba was in it. But there's a couple other um, countries that would have been like in that subdivision as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think she did pretty good, you know. Oh. So does she come um, home now or does she hang and and um, I, I assume I, I think what happens is once you compete, you just you get on a plane and you bounce like you're not there. Well, for the apparently, yeah. I didn't know that. But yeah, yeah they're not really um, they don't allow you to kind of like go tour the country, which is no it's understandable well, in a way, but kind of like probably a little bit unfortunate as well. I didn't realize you have to cut. So sh basically, you're done performing. You're like doing whatever you're gone. Thing. You Seriously. Leave. Yeah. Like you got, you're, you got you're 48 there, hours. Yeah. You're either there for the opening Olympics or opening ceremonies or the closing. I mean, typically you're not there for both. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wild. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So she's going to um, just leave. I think they're leaving today, actually. Oh, okay. You basically have um, 48 hours to leave. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It is just yeah. such a weird, weird time to kind of. Yeah. So that's one of the questions we had for her, which, of course, she doesn't have anything to compare it to necessarily. Yeah. Um, but you know, she said that there were a lot of um COVID like protocols and stuff in place. Um, so yeah, she know. was even wearing a mask on your show. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. she in her own room wearing a mask? Um, I got the feeling that it probably looked like a public space given the, the background. Okay. Uh yeah. So um not quite sure, but I think so. Well, either way, she's an Olympic athlete now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Yeah, amazing experience. It's amazing, I think. Mm -hmm. um, what else is happening? What well, I missed? There's a home invasion over the weekend. What? What? So you may have missed that one. Yeah, I did. What is that um, all about? So what? What happened? There's a couple. There's actually sort of two incidents that I'm wondering if they're related because the MO is really very, very similar. But I can't say, obviously. My, my uh, detective skills, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But um, basically, this couple was followed, it appears, um, home. They, they're business owners. And um, they robbed um, the guy inside of his house of wow. personal effects. And, um, yeah, so there was also a child, unfortunately, inside. Oh, a man. Young child. Did they and get him? So my sources say that um, there was actually a child inside the home as well. Did they? Did and they then get, there was another. Did they get the guys? Sorry. Did they get them? Whoever did no, it? No. No. Yeah. Do we know where where that was? Like what part of the? Um, I do have the details. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But yeah, it is. It is pretty crazy. And then there was another woman robbed at gunpoint off of Palmdale. 
what? at 9 p.m. on Friday. So it's kind of a crazy weekend, actually. 9 p.m. is not even that late. Like, no, it's, it's not. not like, it's like yeah. you're about usually like 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, or Didn't something. Didn't somebody but, follow like, her in? Follow her car as well. Yes. So th that's that's yeah. why I was saying that maybe I don't know if it's the same guys or what the MO is, but apparently it looks like these women were followed um, to the residence. And um, yeah, that happened as well. Wow. So the other one was three masked men. They tied him up uh, at a Georgetown, just a Georgetown area. But my sources, let me tell you exactly. You know, I got the inside scoop here. Um, so indications are that um, uh, one of them owns a business in Central Town, um, a jewelry store. The husband operates a jewelry store and the wife actually owns another store in town. Wow. Um, and basically it looks like they were followed. So, so uh, they were, were maybe targeted. In the vicinity yeah. of Sterling Estates. Hmm. Wow. Which is... Um, I think that's in town down by, um, what's that area called? Ichita Circle and all that area. I think that's where mm. Sterling Estates is. Well, so basically just everyone keep an eye out and pay attention like if you're getting followed right now because that seems to yeah. be. A little scary, yeah. 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 This one is a little bit later in the morning after 1 o'clock on Friday. Um, but, mm. yeah. It's kind of wild. a little bit scary. All right, Sandy. Um, uh, thanks for those updates. And um, if you want to catch Sandy now, she's going to kick off her show right now. And we'll see you tomorrow. All right, guys. Have a good one. All right. Bye. See you later. All right, folks. So we're definitely going to talk about all those things and more. Pretty legit crazy, to be honest. Um, that this is what's happening at our beautiful island. Not, not good. So good morning. Let me just um, get my live stream up and running here. Not the live stream, but do my little notification on the website. So how was your weekend, folks? I guess you're probably sitting here thinking, oh, my God, if I didn't get robbed, I probably had a great weekend. Um. You know, I don't imagine that criminals care much about how their actions impact the larger community or the victims. And I've, I've said this before, that I really think that when victims, uh, when criminals are caught, there should be some um, program that they are introduced to that allows them to have a real sense of how they impact the lives of uh, their victims, because I don't imagine that they actually get it. You know what I mean? I think that somehow they're oblivious to um, what's really going on. And that is quite unfortunate, I believe. But when you're not sensitized to the impact that your actions have on other people, you just do whatever. You don't even care. So unfortunate. Good morning, Jackie. Let's see who was here with us. Anthony is the first one out of the barn this morning. Anthony, my friend, how are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Brandon, sunshine, how you doing? What's up? Irvlin is here. Good morning, beautiful. Miss Olivia is here. Jennifer. Indira, 
good morning to the beautiful Cayman Islands, she says. Miss Charlene and Miss Morna. Oh my gosh. Miss Morna broke her, her cup and I'm supposed to take another one. And she's like, coffee just isn't the same. <laughs> Kizzy, good morning. Elizabeth is here. Buenos dias. Judy Dilbert, thank you so much for tuning in. James joining us from Canada. Louis from Detroit. He says, good morning to the um, to Sandra and the CMR International Massive. Beautiful morning in Detroit. I make my heart thankful to Almighty God for his mercy that endures forever. Nice. Sounds like it's a gorgeous day there. It's actually a pretty nice day here as well. Looks pretty good out. Jackie, good morning. Good morning, Tommy. Uh, Jean is here. Morning to you. Ogre, thank you so much. Marshall joining us from North Carolina. Jasara. Um, people are hungry. I don't know. People are always robbing people. Even when they have food, they just want more. And they don't want to have to work for it. So I don't know. I mean, do you legit think that, you know, when you're hungry, you just think, oh, I'm going to go rob somebody? It's not like they're stealing food or they're robbing people for food. They're taking like jewelry and other stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Um, Alba, Buenos Dias, Shannon, Miss Bula, Miss Sue, Emma, good morning. Ramara, thank you. Yep, we're back on YouTube, folks. Wee oui, wee, oui, good morning. Leanne Damaris, watching from Queens, New York. Big up to all of our international crew. Um, good morning from my island to yours. Miss Gladys, which island are you on? Odell says, not excusing the act, but we really need to look at the why. When we eliminate the reasons, um, then we can go through the book and hide the cell keys. We can throw the book and hide the cell keys. Well, that's a good question. Why? I mean, we have robberies, even the most prosperous of times. So, oh, the beautiful rattan. Wonderful. Audrey, what do you guys think about this? Do you think that people are inclined to engage in um, a robbery because they're actually in need? People can, I, I find, and I sit in court every single day, so I see these people when they're finally caught and they show up in court, and I actually find that um, a lot of them have jobs. <laughs> I mean, that isn't the issue. In fact, some of them target their employers because they want more, and, uh, you know, they're trying to live a lifestyle. I'm thinking of a particular um, burglary. Well, that person hasn't been found guilty yet, but the alleged people that I'm thinking of, you know, she worked for the business, brought in an outside person to rob people at gunpoint, traumatized the staff, beat the clerk. One of the clerks got beaten. When she took the stand, the trial is going to be restarting. So I'm not going to go into too many details. But when she took the stand, the, um, the first clerk took the stand. She literally, as they were asking her to go through what happened that night, she just burst out crying. I mean, she's so traumatized. And this isn't like it just happened last week or even a month ago. This is uh, over, um, I think, at least a year and a half, maybe even two years. And the impact that it has on people, I think, shouldn't be underestimated. Let me see if we can start our Instagram feed for a little bit here. Um, give them a little taste of what is going on. So, I mean, I don't know. Do people steal because they are legitimately in need? I always have to readjust myself for the Instagram people. 
on the camera a little bit. Um, it's not my personal opinion that they do. And, you know, even people who are out there selling drugs, whatever, those guys can find jobs if they really, really wanted a job. And as I just said, sometimes criminals are working. But then, um, you know, I see the lifestyles that they're trying to maintain going out every single weekend, um, you know, living this ghetto fabulous life. And uh, having to, ooh, we got a water leak. Wow. Uh-uh. I'll put this news up here. Um, so we've got a water leak happening behind um, Sparky Drive. Let me show you guys the video. But yeah, I guess this is, this, is an, this is an age old question, I suppose, where you want to believe that people only commit crimes when they are in need. Does poverty fuel this type of behavior? Of course, without a doubt. But I don't think that, um, you know, those individuals are in need in the sense that they're going to go hungry, they're going to starve. And so the only solution is to steal jewelry from people. I don't think that's actually what's going on here. Let me just show you guys this leak. High Grove Business Park, Sparky Drive, Georgetown. So if you're in the area of High Grove Business Park, um, back of CUC there, please know that there is a leak in the, it looks like a water pipe has broken um, somewhere in the vicinity of the, um, right by the High Grove Business Park building. So proceed with caution is what I would say. I was watching um, a video a couple of days ago. I think it might've been like last week, Friday or something. You know, I try to watch a lot of things from other countries as well, just to get a sense of where we are. Like how bad is it in Cayman, you know? We we think it's bad because what it used to be like, it's, it's changing so drastically for us. And I think that that's dangerous. And there are obviously signs um, where we can see in other jurisdictions where the drastic progression of criminality, poverty and all these issues um, you know, corruption at the political level, all of these things have almost an immediate and trickle-down effect um, on people in the community. And so we see that happening right here in our own country. And so I watch, and you know, history has a lot of important lessons that it can teach us if we're willing to, to pay attention and to listen. So big shout out to the Instagram crew. We have Chris, Charles, uh, Jasmine, Jazz, yes, Sean, uh, Mark, King. Who else is joining us? Uh, Ari, Lana, Len, Nicole, Roger, Threads Clothing Boutique. Where are you located? 
Makeup and more. We got a lot of business accounts joining us. Boss lady just logged in. So yeah, um, I was watching this video about Haiti. And um, this woman had her daughter kidnapped. Apparently kidnappings in Haiti is a thing. Um, because, you know, they hope to get money out of people, I suppose. And um, they kidnapped her four-year-old child. And it was so sad because she said, and this is where I know that criminals just, they don't think about other people, unfortunately. She said um, that they'd ask her for 40,000, what was it? P pesos? What, what's their currency there? Hold on. I'll tell you what this is. Because um, I thought, even when she said that, I'm like, that sounds like a lot of money. So one second, let me see if I can actually find the video. And then she's like, I don't even have 40,000 pennies, much less $40,000. So, you know, she was just like, what? So of course she didn't have the money. She couldn't pay it. And they killed a little girl, four years old. Absolutely horrific. And um, she you know, was speaking in French, which is their language. And she said, you know, they actually did something to the little girl. So the guy who was interviewing her said, what did they do? What do you mean they did something? And she said that they raped the little girl. Now, listen, if it was a case where, um, you know, you could say that, right, they were hungry and that's why they were trying to um, rob this woman or not rob her, but um, get money out of her, that maybe that in some alternative universe would make sense. But number one, she's poor like them. She doesn't have anything. And um, on top of that, you know, they turn around and rape the little girl and then kill her. And then they threw her body back like at her, um, like in the neighborhood. So I guess she could find the body. I'm like, oh, gee, thanks. I guess that's supposed to be their way of being nice about it. Like, oh, you get to bury your child now. You get to find money that you don't have to bury your, your four-year-old child. So do criminals think about other people? I don't think so. I think they're very self-serving and they only think about themselves. Are they criminals because, you know, do they rob people? Do they steal because they don't have anything? I think, no, it's not a matter of, of not having anything or not being able to survive. It's that they want more than what they have and they don't want to go about trying to get it in a legitimate way. And to me, that's quite unfortunate. So I, I don't think that we should ever seek to give criminals an excuse, right? There are reasons, there are reasons why people get into um, criminality. And this is where we need to start addressing the, the root causes. Because just throwing people away, we wouldn't be able to build enough jails soon. I mean, our population is increasing. So we need to look at the environments in which children are growing up in. But even when you think about poverty in the Cayman context, right? Poverty in Cayman isn't, yes, we have poverty. 
and we have children who are hungry and who don't go to school necessarily with a balanced meal in the morning and a belly full of food. But poverty is also relative. When you look at poverty in other places in the world, I don't know if you guys have been to Cuba, Jamaica, any place in Latin America, and you look at their level of poverty, Caymans poor would probably still be considered pretty rich because most Caymanians, even when they're poor, can still find a car to drive. And they can find food, even if they're reliant on NAU. You know, NAU is spending millions of dollars per annum to ensure that our people aren't starving and out in the streets having to beg. And yet we see an ever-increasing number of people who go out in the streets who are seeking to um, beg and, and they make that a lifestyle. And you know what I recognize? Because sometimes I see them hanging out at the grocery store and they have a particular MO. I've got one that I'm keeping an eye on because the other day I gave her a couple of dollars, which I try to make a, well, normally I don't even have cash on me, but I try to make a policy to say, if you're, if you're hungry and you're actually in need, I will buy you food. I'm not going to give you money, right? Because normally people don't want money for food. They're going to use it for something else. And um, so I'm kind of watching her, her MO, but, you know, at the end of the day, Caymanians are going to give you, people here are going to give you something, even begrudgingly, like, oh, here comes this woman again, but let me get a couple of dollars and give her. She's not starving. I look at her and I'm like, you really hungry? Come with me and go sit down and, and eat something right now. And I bet you she's not going to do that because she really isn't actually hungry. <laughs> you know, I don't know what she wants the money for, but there's some people who recognize that they can get more um, by not working a leg legitimate job and just out there begging. I mean, think about it this way. If I make $100 a day, hanging out at Foster's or wherever, say every fifth person gives me a little five, $10 or whatever, and I make $100 a day. Hmm, I don't have to sit in an office. I don't have to go to Burger King, flip burgers. I don't have to go to Pizza Hut. I don't have to sweep the streets. I don't have to get in a garbage truck to make $100 a day. I can just beg people for it. Well, that's easy. I'm just standing up and harassing people a little bit. That's not a whole lot of hard work. And then they, they legit take breaks. You ever notice people begging on the streets take a break? It's such good money that we've seen cases in the US, for example, where people are driving a fancy car and they go jump in the fancy car after they put up their little sign with their raggedy clothes, begging. They've got a house, they go back to an apartment or a house or whatever because they actually make more money begging and they don't have to work every day. And it's like, in the US, they don't have to declare any income on it because they claim that they don't have a job and they're probably still collecting unemployment benefits. I think some people are just con artists and they're going to do these things no matter what. Marcy and Mark, good morning. So here's the details of what we know in relation to the home invasion, because that's exactly what it is, um, that took place in the early morning hours of Saturday. So a couple was awoken in their home in Sterling Estates, which is um, off of Comer Drive. I think that's just there in town. And um, 
they were robbed of jewelry. Let me just see what the police report says. I'm going to tell you exactly what it says here. So the wife owns a toy store in town and the husband operates a jewelry store in town as well. It is believed that they were watched and followed. This couple is now so traumatized. Of course, they have a young two-year-old daughter. She would have been there as well because this happened after one o'clock in the morning. The man was tied up and bound in his own home and robbed by three masked men. 1.15 Friday morning, which would have been um, 1.15 Friday. So I guess maybe it wasn't into Saturday morning if they got that part right. An aggravated burglary, they said, and addressed off of Comer Drive in Georgetown. So here's somebody sleeping in their own home and they're being awoken by three masked men who entered his bedroom. They bound his hands and demanded personal items from him. He struggled with the culprits and called for help. And another occupant of the residence heard the commotion and contacted 911. The culprits departed the location prior to the arrival of officers. And it says that none of them were injured. However, some personal items were taken. Being described as between five foot seven and five foot eight, one was slim and the other one medium build. Not entirely a great description, but um, the police are investigating this. So folks, if you know um, who these people are, because you know, this is Cayman, everybody always knows, knows something. Please assist the authorities in their investigations. Now, what I would like to see the authorities start to do is when something like this happens, get a description of the items that were taken out in the public domain immediately. Because they're going to be trying to fence these items, sell them to unknowing individuals, um, potentially, you know, going to the pawn shop with them and all this other stuff. So put everybody on alert. Of course, the police might be thinking, let them try to pawn it because then they'll catch them in the act of pawning it. But most of the time, they're only going to be able to charge them with handling stolen goods unless they've got something else on them like CCTV footage. Now, having said that, um, CCTV footage can be a wonderful tool to assist the authorities. I'm hoping that they have working cameras in that area because now they can go and pull the cameras and see what cars were coming in and out of that area and in and out of that complex. Folks, we have spent millions of dollars, millions of dollars on a CCTV camera system that still doesn't work the way that it should. Somebody needs to be held accountable for this kind of foolishness. Like, this is when I'm just like, you know, I don't mind us spending good money and stuff if it's going to work, if it's going to give us what we pay, like why we paid for it, right? But years later, there's questions about what cameras work, what cameras don't work, where are they at? It's like, really? Mm -mm. I do know that they have some smart cameras out there 
that actually have the ability to um, track these new smart license plates as well. That's one of the reasons they put those license plates on there is um, it'll pick up all the registration information immediately from the camera. So um, I think that, you know, we need to install more cameras, but more importantly, we need to make sure that we have the infrastructure in place so that these cameras do work as intended. And if, if they're helping finding criminals, listen, I don't have no problem with that. Everybody's like, oh, you know, what about my right to privacy? You're in a public space. You ain't got no damn right to privacy in a public space, okay? <laughs> when you're on the roadway, that ain't your private space. Stay, stay in your yard inside your house if you want private space. Miss Morna says today is her beautiful daughter's birthday, Tavania Nikatia Hitchman. Well, happy birthday, young lady. Hope that you have a blessed day. Um, Dinian12 from YouTube says it's not so much that they need it, but they feel that they need or deserve more in life. I agree. Good morning. Maria, good morning to you, my dear. How are you? Miss Sue is here. Devante, good morning. Miss Joy joining us from Texas. Senor Cecil Goodard, good morning. Felicia's here. Uh, Dam, thank you for tuning in. Tracy so said, hopefully last day of quarantine. Good for you. So I guess, Tracy, you did the five-day quarantine, right? Nice. Odell says, yes, never, ex never excuse the act. Um, but we need to look at the why. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, we need to start at a young age teaching people that, you know, on Friday, you guys will know I did this podcast about this crab in the bucket mentality because of something that I was experiencing where people look at what you have and they think, number one, they know how you got it and, you know, make all sorts of assumptions. And this is what, this is what, Aunt Lottie used to say, you guys know my aunt that I grew up with in Tampa. She's deceased, um, but she lived a good good age. She was in her 80s, I think. Um, but Aunt Lottie said, listen, don't ever look at people and what they have and want it. Because number one, you don't know how they got it. They could have stolen it. They could have robbed for it. They could have whatever. They could have worked hard. You don't know. So don't be, don't have a green eye and be looking at what they have. That's none of your business. You focus on yourself and what you have and what you're doing. Because honestly, you can only speak for yourself. That video already has over 11.7 thousand views on um, Facebook. And I was speaking to a very specific individual in a very specific situation. People want to talk about, oh, look at Sandy. She got CMR and now she drive around in fancy car, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, my car is actually five years old. Y'all need to step back a minute. <laughs> Don't be stupid. You know, oh, she got a big house. Yeah, the bank owns the car and the house. You got to pay your mortgage and your car loan. But regardless of that, this isn't something I just got last week during the pandemic. It's like they're trying to say I'm flossing during the pandemic. And living this big time life, 
And I'm just like, no, there's a lot of things that I don't do that some of y'all do that spends money. And ultimately everyone has a choice on how they're going to spend their money. So I remember years ago, I used to hang out with some friends um, and every single Friday I'd go with them to happy hour um, at Rackham's and boy, they would, speaking of Rackham's, they'd rack up a serious liquor bill. They would sit there and drink, and by the end of the night, the tab was like five, six, seven hundred dollars. Me, I'd sit there and sip on one little soda and one little water in between. And I thought to myself, if you do that once a week, which there's other times during the week that they go out drinking too, but say you go drop, say five hundred dollars conservatively on a Friday for happy hour, you do the math. That's like two grand a month. That is a mortgage payment for most people. It's definitely a car payment. I don't know what you'd be driving for two grand a month, but that's like a legit, that's a couple of car payments. And so in my mind, it's always a question of um, priority, what you want to spend your money on. You know, I don't do a lot of things. I mean, I don't spend a lot of money. As you can see the hair, just be slick back, child. I don't live in the salon. I'm not getting fake nails and all this kind of stuff that adds up in money. Now, I'm not knocking anybody who does. Like I said, you you earn your money. You do what you want with it. But I do find that a lot of people have this mentality that they want to look at other people and be like, oh, she drives a fancy, I can only drive a Kia. Well, you can only drive a Kia because you are spending your money uh, in other ways. I'm always surprised when I see people on NAU. You know, because I, I, I try to help pe people. Listen, I know the struggles of growing up poor. And so especially when children are involved and they always use a children card. And of course, that breaks your little heart and that makes you feel a way that children are going to be impacted by those environments. But then you, you look at um, what's going on within their own households and these people are NAU clients, but yet they can still find money to go get hair and nail done and all kind of stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You guys remember we had K-Man's number one ghetto fabulous celebrity years ago in the show. And she had the same mentality. Uh, Florida Canyon, good morning. Her attitude, she said it on the show. Go back and, and look at the podcast. She said that she can afford to buy pound by the hair and she has her 20 inch hair and whatever. I don't know how much that costs. I've never bought hair in my life. So I couldn't tell you in terms of price, you know, so she can go out every weekend to all these parties, um, producers, what do you call them? Not producers. What, what do they call themselves? Um, oh God, what are these people who put on these events? Promoters. I'm sorry. You know, every time you go out, that's a ticket here and there, $50, $25, whatever, it adds up. And then you're not just paying for the ticket, but you're enjoying a few drinks and you got to, listen, you got to dress to impress. So you got to get hair done, makeup done, this and that. You don't look like they be doing the, to the toes too much though, because sometimes I see some photos of the toes, honey child. I'd be like, woo, Aunt Lottie Pearls of Wisdom. Pretty face and dirty behind. It'd be like, pretty face, but don't look down, chill. Because when you look down and you see them scary, 
crotos, alligator feet, you'd be like, Lord Jehovah. That one, you know, people are just all about, they're not people of substance, you know? They just want to kind of look good where you might look. But child, don't look too closely because then you start to see some crustiness. Cameron, good morning. So it's foot patrols in high density and high risk areas. But I believe the RCIPS are afraid of the criminals too. Uh, Louis says, I can't forget how to watch an IG. Don't bother. Don't even bother with it. <laughs> um, first of all, big shout out to everybody who is watching on Instagram. But the Instagram feed, how you watch is when you go to Instagram, um, there is a, like up at the top, if you didn't see when it went live, up at the very top of you, if you're looking at your phone, it'll show you all the people that are live and then you can just click on it. But the Instagrammers miss out like on the photos and all the other stuff because that capability just isn't there for Instagram. So I wouldn't recommend it. A um, few people are on Instagram right now, but it's the, it's the one platform we have less control over. Um, Cameron says, give the police firearms. How, how does that solve the majority of our issues? Because then we're going to have rogue police officers out there shooting people like they do in other places. Roderick, good morning to you. Neovsi Carter, good morning. Tracy um, says, how is it that we don't have cameras, only three ambulances, but can have 4,737 planes bought and paid for and government pay raises? Oh, girl, I misread that. We have four, three, seven, three, seven, three, 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 Seven three sevens. That's the max eight is what she's saying. So we have three of those planes bought and paid for. Actually, they're not bought and paid for. It's on a lease program. <laughs> so government ain't got that kind of money. Um, no, honey child. Those are multi-million dollar planes. But we do have a loan. We have a lease. And like I just said, um, you can pay. You can get anything in life normally if you got good credit. The bank is going to let you have that nice house once it's within your debt aspect ratio. And they feel like you have the salary to pay it. But you try missing one or two payments and you can see what can go down. Uh, Roderick says, let's go, Sandy. Speak, sis. Do what they don't and don't do what they do. Cameron says, I would love a Kia right now, right about now. Well, I mean, listen, you know, whatever floats your boat in terms of, um, and again, I think this is where as individuals, we can all do with a little money management help and see where you spend your money. Where does your money go? Because some people make okay money, but it's a question of output. Just like government, government making money, but where's, where does it go? Everybody says, let's raise the minimum wage. Now, y'all know that that's a slippery slope. Because you raise the minimum wage, and essentially, you are going to inadvertently, almost directly, raise the cost of living. Those companies are not going to, you know, some of them are on the verge of collapse in any event, and they're struggling. 
they're not going to be like, oh, okay, raise the minimum wage, somebody said the other day, to $12 an hour, which is ridiculous um, in terms of the economic fallout of that. But say you even raise it to, it's now what, $6 an hour? Say you raise it to $9 or $10 an hour. Companies are going to get that money from where? You know where they're going to get it from? You, the consumer, <laughs> right? They're going to find a way to a couple things they can do. They can cut cost, which means probably cutting staff, because that's normally for company. The biggest expenditure is actually those that they employ between salaries and benefits. They're paying part of your health insurance. They're contributing to your pension. They're paying you a salary. So when you say, add that, we're going to have an economist come in and break this down to us at some point soon. Add or increase the um, amount that we're paying our staff, $4 an hour more, right? They're going to start looking at cutting costs is one option. No more company bonuses. Getting rid of employees, working with bare minimum staff, or increasing the cost of their products and services. How else do you guys think this is going to work? And this is what everyone who says, raise the minimum wage, I want you to tell me, how else are companies going to survive if they're in that bracket of paying six, seven, eight, nine dollars an hour. Someone said to me on Friday, she was insulted that I said to her in terms of the, the minimum wage. Well, first of all, she's like, oh, this government needs to fix it already. And I said, just pop the brakes. I know you're a progressive supporter and you can't see too clearly. Y'all need to try and get you some specs like what I wear in child. They make you see everything. Uh, and you're like on this government, like hurry up and fix it. And I said, but you know, the past government had eight years. They implemented the minimum wage and they claimed they were gonna, it was gonna be a temporary $6 an hour and they were gonna fix that. They never did. And now you want this government to fix everything overnight. Oh, they promised they were gonna fix the minimum wage. They promised that they were gonna give us stamp duty waivers on three properties. They got the whole list. They haven't even looked at the SPS, which is their plan over the next couple of years, none of y'all have reviewed that and looked at that and see what they have planned. But your immediate knee-jerk reaction is, well, nothing's fixed yet. But, but geez, I'm peace. As Aunt Lauder would say, room wasn't built in a day. It's this instantaneous attitude that we have why so many of us in, are in financial dire state, straits. Because you want everything now. You don't want to wait for it. You don't want to work for it. You don't want to budget for it. Fix it now, now, now. Give people an opportunity. If it took 25, 30, 40, 50 years to break a system, you can believe that it's not going to be fixed overnight. Ramara says poverty is rampant all over the world. We can help people. I agree with that. But they need to learn how to help themselves. And I agree with that too. And we need to teach people how to help themselves. Now, I don't have any real experience with the um, educational system here in Cayman. I left Cayman when I was so young, so I can only speak of my own experiences, and that was in the U.S., right? You know, so in, in school, you do all your English literature, 
you do your social sciences and whatever. You have your home ec. Who is teaching children how to budget with money and how to work with money? Do we have any of those classes at the middle school and high school level? Because that's when you need to do it before they actually get out in the working world. You need to teach them what it means to budget. Right. So like I said, I speak into this person Friday and they're like, oh, well, companies can just do this, this and this. And I said to them, have you ever owned a company? Have you ever been self-employed to even understand the cost of doing business? Because a lot of these companies are saying, listen, if you think Cayman is expensive being an individual, try it from the perspective of owning a business. Then this person says to me, well, because I said they've got rent, they've got it. Oh, well, they should just wait until they can afford to build something. Yeah, that's so easy to do in Cayman. Trust me, I know. The easiest thing to do in the world is to find land if you're a business and wait till you can afford to build something. And you're going to get the money from where to do all that. Normally, people start out renting. And if they're able to make it, if they're able to be profitable, then they start saving up a little to the point where they can get in that credit position where they can go to the bank and borrow a little something to be able to afford to build something. And even then, you got a mortgage over your head that you better pay because the bank not a joke with you. So I think that a lot of us have a very rudimentary understanding of how businesses work. And I'm not claiming to be no expert, so don't be looking at me like I'm an expert. But I think there are people who think that they know and they understand and they really do not have a clue. I run a very small business, folks. And every month it's like, Lord have mercy. You got rent. If you're in the service business, you've got things like that that you've got to pay for, products. I mean, it adds up. And I have, for all of my businesses, what I consider a bare-bone staff. And in fact, one of my businesses, I've always said, if I get to the point where I need to hire employees, I'm not going to do it. Because that is the single biggest expenditure. And and the times in the past I've had to hire people for that business without a doubt. But not only is it the single biggest expenditure, but it's also the single biggest headache having to deal with employees who half the time don't even want to show up to work. They want you to pay them, but they don't want to show up to work. They always got an excuse. Oh, this happened to this one. It's like, really? Can't show up on time. Your customer's calling you. Oh, Miss Sandra, the door is not open. But, you know, 15 minutes ago, it's supposed to be open. They can't close properly. They can't do a float. They can't. Do... The headache isn't worth it for a small business owner a lot of times. So Florida Kenya says, um, good morning. I think it would be nice if a meeting or conference could be held in regards to monthly budgeting, especially for the younger crowd. Absolutely. I mean, I think we need to reach out to people about how to do it. Good morning, Miss Joy. Um, and just giving them good advice. People need the help. And you can help your people most by giving them the information that they need. Christine, good morning. Helena. Um, Odell says starts at the top. Sasha, good morning. Sasha says, someone told me that there's still a large volume of work permits being submitted and no advertisements being done. Is that possible? 
I thought you had to advertise before putting in permits. Well, you're supposed to put it on the works, um, which is the Cayman job site. That's mandatory now for the vast majority of um, the vast majority of um, jobs. So they might be advertising a paper because nobody's reading the paper anyway, but they have to place it on that website as a requirement. And that should be on the immigration form so that when you fill out the immigration form and ask you what the job reference number is and if you put it up and whatever. So if you are a Caymanian seeking employment, folks, you, you've got to do what you're supposed to do. So you go to Job Cayman. Let me see. I haven't been there in a minute. And um, there is this portal here that you register for. I'm going to put the link in the comment section in case you guys are looking for a job. So it's an online portal where employers and job seekers meet for success, according to them. You do have to do an initial registration and then you simply log in and you should see all the jobs that are posted there and you'll see what you think you're qualified for and you should apply directly through the portal. Damon says the cost of living needs to be controlled. So you see rent and food. Does cost control actually work? Or should the market dictate the prices of goods and services? That's a whole other economic question. We need to look, Damien, I know that sounds easy to say, let's have price control. But what we need to do is we need to look at where price control has operated in other countries and whether or not it's actually worked. Listen, they have some level of price control in New York, like for some apartments, um, I forget what they what they call it, but uh, they have like a program where you can only charge so much for like rent and whatever. And um, it has driven up the price of properties probably in other areas that just doesn't make any sense. There's always a knock on effect. So you can't make decisions like that without then asking yourself what is going to be the knock on effect. Natasha suggests Michael Miles money management course. Should be a course required in school. Why not? She says we need to find a way to lower the cost of living because even if you're making 50 to 100K plus, it will still feel like pennies with a spiraling cost of living. Monica confirms that you can't submit work permit without the ad. I think that the term ad has changed from what was in the paper before to now being in the portal. Jasmine, good morning. How are you? She says gravity payments in Seattle, an extremely expensive place to live, raised their minimum wage to like 70K like six years ago. And they're doing better than ever. I think they're raising it again. But surely there are other factors that is contributing to their success. You see, one of the problems with Cayman is we don't really have any industries here. Like everything is imported in, as we can see. The very people are being imported in. <laughs> the jobs are being imported in. And if you continue to raise the cost of doing business in this jurisdiction, as we've seen before, there is that knock-on effect of some people say, hmm, it's not worth me being in this jurisdiction, even for the tax savings. Because, you know, a lot of people here 
just for the tax benefits. They then say, oh, but I don't need this offshore presence. I'm going to go somewhere else. Interestingly enough, when, uh, especially in this day and age, when something like COVID happens, they recognize that, wow, people can work remotely and from home. Some of them are doing it already. Now they start to outsource jobs that traditionally Caymanians could get in financial services, for example. They're going to have someone else in a London office or elsewhere in the world sitting down doing the job that a Caymanian here could have done. But now they're going to save paying pension, insurance, whatever in this jurisdiction, save a seat in their building and just have someone work remotely and get the job done. That's one of the reasons why the legal fraternity has had an issue, which, by the way, not for nothing, but the progressive government didn't fix it. Not only did they not fix it, but they made it worse, right? Where overseas lawyers can essentially practice Cayman Islands law without needing a certificate in Cayman Islands law. They're doing corporate law, company, corporation, all this kind of stuff. And the same government that's been in charge for eight years, this is what y'all need to be talking about, made it easier for them to do so. And in fact, although the law said it was illegal, <laughs> they basically said, oh, well, we're not going to go back and, and charge anybody for that. Or we're going to just write that off kind of thing. Now, it's those types of inequalities in the system that really um, make you go, what the hell is going on here? That's not fair to anybody. And so is there separate rules for the rich, the haves and the have-nots? Sometimes there are. And that's where we're supposed to hold governments responsible because they should not be allowing that sort of thing to happen. But at the same time, they cannot stop Good morning, Shorty Boss, three, four, five. They can't stop a business from saying, I'm going to work remotely. It is what it is. Let me give you an example. Jasmine says, really, the attitudes of the CEOs who give themselves six-figure raises every year, but do nothing for the people at the bottom. That's a real problem. Old civil servants saying that's a real problem for them, too. The people at the top making good money. And then you get the people at the bottom who are getting the crumbs. Let me give you an example with CMR, right? So when I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I need a little bit like a part-time writer. You send out feelers out there like who wants to do something part-time. I, I was even looking for like an artist who could do or, or um, cartoons and comics and whatever. You can't find nobody in Cayman Channel. No Caymanians. Again, there's a whole reliability issue. They don't want to do it, or they think that you got a million dollars from paying them. I'm like, listen, CMR, not making no money. We are starting to monetize a little bit now, but I have been floating CMR out of my own budget, out of my own back pocket. All now, can I find a writer? Even on a part-time basis, nope, they're not interested. So I have to find someone, I mean, she's in Miami, she's not halfway around the world, but the thing is, I could find someone halfway around the world as long as they spoke well enough English to actually write an article. 
And they're people who do a lot of freelancing work. So that's what they do. They'll freelance from multiple companies. They'll write for multiple companies. And if they got four or five people paying them $500 a month, for example, that's how they make up their salary where they live. Ms. Darlene saying, are you saying that a minimum wage is not recommended? Let's be fair. If there was ever a time that it's needed, it's now. Odell supports money management from a school and life skills class. Carla says, much like we don't excuse crime, we should make excuses for criminally exploitive wages. If businesses can't afford to pay people living wage, they're not entitled to their labor or time. People in Europe get an average of 16 euros an hour with benefits as fast food workers, et cetera. And the cost of fast food is in most cases cheaper or comparable to the U.S. and the Cayman Islands. Monica says there's something called a career and life management course. Calm. And they have to take it in school. That was back in 1996. And it should be a stipulated class. Good morning, Melinda. She is a 14-year-old who said the same thing. Teach us how to live and manage finances, i.e. budgeting and investing. It should be a core requirement in the curriculum. Uh, Jean Scott or Jean, which one is it? Jean Scott, I think, said make teens work and buy the things that they want. Parents just buy basics and they will learn. I think we're all guilty of that um, at some level when it comes to our children, not teaching them the value of a dollar and how hard you had to work to get that dollar. So every time they come, mommy, can I get $25? I need $50, whatever. And you're like, what do you need money for? Oh, I want to go buy this. I want to, mm, let me think how long I had to work for that. Sometimes you need to have these reality conversations with your children and really just break it down to them and start, my friends, at a very, very young age. Because listen, I got a four-year-old that she thinks money grows on trees. Mm -mm. Every time she goes to the store and she see a toy, she loved going to Kamana Bay, not because she likes Kamana Bay, because she knows there's a big toy store there, the bookstore. I'm like, it's actually a bookstore, not really a toy store. And if we go there, it's about picking up a book so you can read. Oh, honey child. No, she's looking at Pepper Pig and this one and that one. And so learning to say no, money doesn't grow on trees. And in fact, it's even harder in this day and age to explain money to children when most of us not even carrying money. You know, before you'd be like, you see this $5? This is, my, this is what my Aunt Lottie used to do. Um, what were the currencies in the U.S.? I think we had a $5 bill, I think. $20 bills. Yeah, they have a $1, $5, There's actually a $2 U.S. bill as well, but it's not really in proper circulation, but I have one. And uh, she would say to me, you see this $5 or $10 or whatever it was? This is what Aunt Lottie used to say. She was so funny. She said, Sorry, I think I've touched something on the mic. She said, listen, you see that little eagle on there? Because American money has an eagle on it. She said, let me tell you something about this. This flies right out of your hand. 
The second you get it, it flies, <laughs> right? So you have to be smart about money management. And I was like, okay. And when you get a dollar, you hold on to it, you save it. This is the, these are the things that she used to say to me really early on. Sometimes her conversations used to legit make me uncomfortable because your Aunt Lottie was unfiltered. She was, she was the first version of the cold hard truth. And as a teen and young adults, a lot of times I didn't want to hear it. I'd be like, oh God, this one's embarrassing me. Oh my God. And she would just say it. She would just tell you. Don't even ask me about the sex talks because y'all don't want to hear that one. But anyway, when it came to money, she'd say, listen, if you have to get up every single morning, if you have one outfit or two outfits and one pair of drawers, that's how Aunt Lottie used to break it down for you. You get up, you make sure the night before you wash everything and it's clean. You get up in the morning, you shower, you always are clean. Cleanliness is next to godliness, she used to say. You put on that outfit and you wear it with pride. Nobody not gonna know your business. Right? You iron it, you make sure it look good. And you go out there and you work and you do your thing. Like I said, in the U.S., people can live an okay life on credit, but a lot of it is credit. It's not even that they got any money. <laughs> They're just living off a of good credit. The other thing Aunt Lottie used to say when it came to finances is this thing called credit. Credit cards can get you in trouble. And that's why to this day, I ain't got no credit cards. I can't even. Been there, done that, and got in trouble. Common sense. When you think you can spend it now and pay later, you better know when that later coming. You better have them people money. So children grow up now. My daughter doesn't have a concept of money because most of the time I do not have cash. I'm telling you, I'm one of those cashless people. I don't want to walk around with cash. I don't need it. Got my little debit card. So when she sees a debit card, she's just like, oh, but that, is like a bottomless pit. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is like money, because in order for this to work, this is tied in to a bank account that has to have money in it. If you don't have any money, you can't spend it. Oh, okay. Yes, and do you know how we get money? Like Aunt Lottie said, it don't grow on trees. You have to work for money. I'm not telling her you go steal for money. I'm not telling her you go begrudge other people for their money. No, we have to work. And then sometimes she'd be like, well, what's work? Oh, I'm glad you asked, four-year-old. Come, let's go to work. Some of, some of my customers will tell you, I bring her to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And she's like, I'm bored. I said, yeah, honey child, I know how boring work can be sometimes, but this is what we do. We serve as customers and we have to make sure that our customers are happy because they're the ones who pay us money. And then with the money, we can afford to buy things, food, necessities like food and clothing and other things. But we can't just walk into a store every time we see something and want to buy it. So already she's starting to understand slowly but surely the word no. And oh, you know, the tantrums come in but I want it, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you can want it. I said, let's, let's be honest here. 
This is another ant now. Topsy, Aunt Adonia said there's a difference between a want and a need. <laughs> Make sure you know that the difference. There's a lot of things in life that we want, but the question is, what do you need? Start with the needs and the basics first. Jonathan says, laughing out loud, if they teach the kids how to budget and be financially responsible, how would they be able to sell out the country to the outside world? <laughs> That's precisely, Jonathan. We want more savvy people growing up more savvy constituents as well. And maybe we'll start um, hiring people for public office who will be more fiscally responsible. This is what I've never understood, right? Now tell me if I'm wrong here or what you think. At Dandelion, big shout out on Instagram. How do we hire people as MPs who have failed businesses and don't know how to run a business? You know, this has always puzzled me. In my head, I've always thought this don't make no sense. Um, someone the other day, she was trying with a side eye to call me out about how I'm, oh, I'm, 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 ho I'm calling down her own Caymanians and this, that, the next thing. And, um, you know, um, instead of that, she didn't call me by name, but everybody knows that little hater. But I, I noticed how she's not talking about this criminality and these murders are popping off because you know, oh no, that's a little bit too close to home. She can't speak that truth. But she's going on and on about, oh, this talk show host, go listen to Mario because um, he, he has a better show because he's not bringing down Caymanians because they, they're not paying their staff. Let me just, let me just address this. This is a little bit of a side note, but it ties into what I'm saying, right? So we elect public officials who do not pay their bills. And then idiots like her, Try to give them a pass, talking foolishness about, oh, how dare we write about and expose the fact that now they have employees in this country who are not getting paid. Now, listen to this argument, right? Now, you know, I'm talking about John John for anyone who's in doubt. He has a company at the airport, a security company who has been late paying staff. And the other day, they didn't get paid. And they sent out an email saying or WhatsApp message, whatever. Oh, we don't know when we're going to pay you, but just keep working. Keep showing up for work. We don't know when you're going to get paid. You're only making $6 an hour, but we can't make ends meet and we don't know when you're getting paid. And there are people in this community who think that that sort of foolishness shouldn't be reported on. He's an MP for God's sake. If anybody should be paying their staff, it is the leaders of this country. Now he's an MP that is making $13,000, $14,000 a month. And I don't know how hard he's working for it, but it's not as hard as you and I would have to work for that kind of money. And then he has this company that's separate and apart from that, that makes hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, I don't know what his bottom line is right now, but I'm telling you, when the airlines were running, he would send in a check, an uh, invoice, over $100,000 for the month plus. I'm not asking y'all because I got my inside information. I'm telling y'all. No one was scrutinizing it. And because he's part of this progressive government, the Minister of Tourism would just say, pay the man. Don't ask no questions. This is what he was telling Cameron Airways staff. Just pay the bill. Hmm, but this seems a little bit high. Are we sure that security services were, no, 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 don't ask no questions. He billed us 150 grand, just pay it. You know, them staff that came in their ways are raising their eyebrows like, what the hell's going on here? 
Now you can't pay staff. And people must go hungry. And we, the voters, see nothing wrong with that because we keep voting these types of people in. We vote in people who can't run a business. And we don't need business people necessarily in politics. Don't get me wrong here. What I'm saying is, if a business person decides to run for politics, the very minimum they should do is pay their staff what they claim they're going to pay them. And that's right. As um, Genghis Khan King said, that's $6 an hour and you're still not getting paid. Pay their benefits. And it's not nothing new. They won't blame everything on COVID. Oh, I broke my, I bucked my big toe. That's COVID's fault. COVID not got nothing to do with that. You were paying pension and insurance before COVID. Y'all don't remember um, our love friend there. What's his name again? Uh, Desmond. Let me refresh your memory because I think y'all sometimes think I'll be pulling stuff out of thin air. Uh, what's Desmond's? Is it Desmond? No, it's um, Donovan. My apologies. Oh, gosh. Donovan's going to kill me. Remember Donovan? Let me refresh your memory in case you've forgotten. This was September of 2019, folks. Government minister owes employee pension five years on. <laughs> it actually is more than five years because the dude started working with him in 2005. So let me show you guys this screen in case you missed this story. See ya? The cold hard truth. See the man passport stamp there? <clears throat> Got a temporary work permit April the 14th of 2005. Let the facts speak for themselves, Your Honor. You be the judge, jury, and executioner, if you will. Then he got his full work permit. I think that was actually the full one, you know. Well, this is a TWP temporary. And then, anyway, he started in April of 2005. The man worked for APS. Never even set up a pension plan for him. Not paying nothing. He worked for nine years for the company was rolled over. When he's leaving, he starts to inquire about his pension money. And all of a sudden, oh, Mr. Donovan, we're not gonna money for you. Here's the interesting thing. You know what Donovan said? And this, I thought this was the one part that really kind of tugged at my heart that was so sad in a way, right? That um, this man, Mr. Donovan said, you know, every time John John would walk through the airport, he's thinking, wow, this is a respectable man. Yeah, I'm sorry, Lana. I know you guys can't see it. My apologies. Um, that's one of the issues with live streaming and Instagram. We can't share any of that with you. I'll put the link here, maybe in the chat section, so you can get an idea of what the title is. Um, go to the website. You can just search for Donovan Chambers, and you can see it for yourself. So Donovan says, 
you know, one of the things that was particularly hurtful is the man would walk through the airport, you know how him, him loved to walk with chests up in the air and that kind of thing, right? Walk through the airport, big chested, and he would um, shake people's hands, pat them on the back, how you doing? This, that, and the next thing. And he said that he trusted him. He thought this was a man of his word. Like when he gave you his word, he can give you a nice firm handshake with it. And you're like, yeah. This, this man is all about doing the right thing. Well, lo and behold, he wasn't about doing the right thing and his word meant nothing. Oh, don't, don't worry, Mr. Donovan. Don't worry, Mr. Donovan. I got you, you know, you're going to get paid. Your pension is good. You got health insurance. You got this, you got that. All this kind of foolishness. This is what was happening. Lo and behold, he wasn't paying the man pension. I'm sure he's not the only one. Now, here's the most interesting thing about this. All these years later. Right? So you have MPs breaking the law not paying staff, not paying pension, whatever. And people don't think that this is the sort of thing that you should be reporting on. And all these years later, poor Donovan's still waiting on his coins. He left the jurisdiction back in, what, what year that was, 2014? So he's long been gone and he still can't get his money. And these are people who are in a leadership position in this country doing this. So what do you think it happened to the people who are not even leaders doing it? Uh, come on now. No, sir. But there's some constituents out there who's like, well, we shouldn't be talking the business of the MPs. Say what? Clearly your family member isn't one of those people who's working for $6 an hour for APS and can't get paid. Because even at $6 an hour, you would recognize the importance of having that little bit of money coming into the family pot. That's going to buy something. That's going to help pay some bill. It might pay CUC, but maybe it'll help pay the water bill, the phone bill, something. But we shouldn't be reporting on it. And we keep electing the same people who have no regard for the laws of this country? Y'all not ready for the cold hard truth, I'm telling you. There's no way in this world that that is acceptable behavior. And that we are in the wrong for calling it out. That To me, that's just ridiculous. When I hear things like that, 
it makes me recognize, quite frankly, our people don't have no sense. And part of the reason that we're in the mess that we're in is because of the people we elect to lead and run this country. And you know who's responsible for that? Not them, you. You're the one voting them in. So what do you expect? Carla says the world is not fair. We should all be millionaires if you ask me. <laughs> you know, Carla, I was watching um, a video on Saturday night that in Europe, listen to this now, this is a very interesting one. In Europe, Germany has the most rich people of all of Europe and probably in the entire world. They have more billionaires, not millionaires, hear me now, Miss said billionaires than anywhere in the world. And this is like rich old money industries. And I was watching it and it was very interesting how rich people think about the plight of other people. And they don't really understand it, especially when they've never been there themselves. Now, some of them were like, you know, second generation millionaires. So they remember growing up poor and the sacrifices and stuff that their family members had to make in order to build industries that they're now in. But y'all need to go and watch that video because trust me, it is an eye opener on so many different levels. Um, Aliano says we lack a clear grasp of how our economy works and who gains from it. We can't expect a society lacking moral discipline or intelligence to lead a prosperous economy. Ooh, Aliana speaking some truth. The means of our capitalistic needs is overinflated by greed. If half a loaf of bread is better than no loaf, then stop crying when we have to lie and cheat and steal to make a false glass ceiling of expectations. Lord have mercy. Aliano, you woke up this morning. Sasha says they're quicker to prosecute the regular employer than they do the elected ones. Well, everybody, everybody wonders about that as well. You know, you have these cases and these complaints and then nothing's done about it. In fact, they give people who owe a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars of money, a real pass in life. It's crazy. Mm -mm. Um, someone suggests that we should all read a book by Robert Kiyosaki. Is that how he pronounces his name? It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Makes the point that the lack of financial education is causing people to get into loads of money problems. I'm trying to remember if that's one that I read. I know I read The Millionaire Next Door and boy, was that ever eye-opener. While the rest of us trying to live like a millionaire, the millionaire next door, mm -mm, they're not living like no millionaire. You see them walk around in their simple clothes. And uh, you'd be surprised. This is a book that we're going to put on in our book club once we get started. It's quite old. I wonder if they've updated it, but it's a 1996 book about the surprising secrets of America's wealthy. And I read it many, many years ago. And trust me, it has some very interesting things in it. It basically, basically looks at common traits 
um, amongst millionaires and how they have acquired and accumulated their wealth. Listen to this interesting fact. Most of the truly wealthy in the U.S. don't live in Beverly Hills or in Park Avenue. They live next door. So they're not trying to floss with big time homes. Everything in this book I thought was so incredibly interesting in terms of their habits. Here's one. You aren't what you drive. Hmm. Yep. They looked at millionaires versus um, someone who's inherited their millions. And unfortunately, most people who inherit their millions, they only know how to spend it. They don't know how to make it, which is a problem. Millionaires tend to be very frugal people. They're not going to spend money the way you think. Good morning, Donovan. Sarah says, um, how is he getting a trade and business license without pension compliance? Sarah, your guess is as good as mine. Michelle says, no MPs whilst in office should have a government contract for business. I agree with that too. If you had one when you got in, that's the trade-off. You want to serve and work for the people, you get rid of the contract. Because you can already see the potential nepotism, as Odell says, and potential conflict of interest. You're on, on a ministry on a and it's sitting in a cabinet with a colleague who has to sign off within his tourism ministry and your company getting their pay. That don't make no sense, y'all. And I'm not saying, listen to me carefully. I'm not saying that there was any underhanded business that has been proven or that was going on. I'm saying the very opportunity, the very appearance of it being possible should never be allowed. And the only way you can do that, as Michelle has rightfully said, is no MPs should have such a contract. You want to get into politics, you give up your government contracts. That should be the, the lowdown on that. Sarah, that's a million dollar question we don't know all now. Mr. Donovan's listening. He said, thanks for not making people, uh, for, thanks, Miss Sandy, for not making people aware of the wrong he has done and still doing. I think, I think he meant for making them aware. Yes. Yes. And here's the best part. <laughs> this is like the icing on the cake and put a little bit of whipped cream on it and a cherry on top. This, this would be the cherry on top. So during COVID, you know, they gave a pension holiday, basically. They did it during Ivan, but during Ivan, you could only take advantage of the pension holiday if you were already in compliance as a company. That was one of the benefits of being in compliance. Well, this time, this government didn't do that, probably because they knew John John wasn't in compliance. <clears throat> so they allowed people to take advantage of the pension holiday, <clears throat> despite the fact that they have been paying pension to their employees and they owe people arrears of money. Now you think about that for a second. Some of these companies probably have a relatively hefty <clears throat> bill that they owe, that they have to pay out every month in pension. And if you're going to take a pension holiday, the very minimum that should be required of you is the people that you still owe arrears to at least pay them and try to get them caught up. But oh, no, honey child. 
That's not what this government decided to do. They just threw it in there. Anybody can take advantage of this pension holiday, including Dwayne Seymour. So poor Mr. Donovan got partial payment. Now, now he can't get the rest of his money because the man has taken advantage of the pension holiday for the past. When did it go into effect? <clears throat> now you know that, all right. Mm -mm. Good morning, Larry. Um... Cameron says under current election process, you can blame those that we vote just as much as those you can blame, blame those that vote just as much as those that don't. Good morning, Carson. How are you? <clears throat> Elizabeth says like Al Thompson sitting on the CPA board and getting all the construction business conflict of interest. Um, yes. I mean, I think a lot of people perceive that as a conflict of interest. Does he approve building contracts because he knows that they're going to come to him to buy materials? Probably not. But again, perception is a hell of a thing. And the MP that put him there, I think it was actually Mr. Bush. I heard that he's been in there for so long. Should have looked at that and go, mm, maybe this isn't the best board to put him on. Let's put him somewhere else. But I've seen it before. I mean, I've sat on trade and business licensing board a number of years ago. And there were other people there who were business owners. And when certain things would come up, they'd be making these side comments. But you know what? It's the responsibility of the secretary of the board and other board members to say, this is a conflict, an obvious conflict here. You need to recuse yourself from this application that's going to be heard. What a mess we in. Happy Monday. That's all I can tell y'all. Uh, Carrie Dean, good to see you. Jen, Jaden, Vanessa, listening on Instagram. Ween and Sandy are tuned in. Catherine is here for it. Let's shift gears a little bit. So we had the one home invasion, basically, is what it is. Um, we also had two women that were followed in their neighborhood off of Palmdale, which is right there in Georgetown, off Crew Road, and they were robbed as they were pulling up to their house. Now, some people said something a little strange with this. Like, why would somebody be following these two women? Are they involved in selling numbers? Or, And I'm going to tell you, I don't, I don't know these women, but I heard they, they rent from some woman who owns a salon or something, right? A lot of times people are watching you and you're targeted by these criminals for different reasons. So if you are involved in criminal activity yourself, um, such as number selling, a lot of criminals know that you have a ton of money. Cash from number selling, because you know you're around collecting your cash. They also know that you are not permitted to walk into a bank and deposit that money. Because when you got to fill out your little um, source of funds, the bank wants to know where are you getting the money from? Mm -hmm. You can't be like, oh, well, I sell numbers. That's proceeds of criminal activity. So that ought to work. So a lot of times they're either getting other people to launder the money for them 
putting it in their bank accounts, purchasing property, jewelry, whatever. They're converting it. They're washing it. And that's what money laundering is all about. It's MRFs. There's different ways that you can launder money. Or it is a situation where you're just going to be trying to put that money under the, laund- under the, the mattress. And so people know. Remember, there's a guy in West Bay. He lost his life. He was a number seller. Those guys went and robbed and shot him at that condo there in West Bay because they knew that he sell numbers. Even if you got $10,000 that you collected in one day, and l- listen, some of these numbers people make a lot of money. Don't be fooled. There's a lot of people who came out buying numbers. I hear some of them, it's like a million dollar weekly business kind of thing. I've heard stories, and again, speculation, not confirmation, but these sources are pretty good because they're connected to the police. How do police be giving them escorts? You can imagine a number seller getting an escort from the police <laughs> so that they can get home safely because they know the nature of the business that they're in. They will be targeted by people and people can just watch them for a couple of days, see your comings and goings. So you better be packing some heat yourself or have a security detail or have police escorting you. So I don't know anything about these women. I'm not insinuating by any stretch of the imagination, but I saw someone made that comment and I thought it was interesting because it is a little bit weird that they would have been followed. Why these particular women driving around would be followed into Palmdale. What do they have on them? So sometimes if you're this selling ganja or whatever, you're into drugs, whatever, you do become a target because people feel like, okay, you have cash on you. Good morning, Lizette. She says, I'm here. Um, to be clear, uh, Al Thompson's, Al Thompson's, um, Al T, is his proper name, is not on, uh, on the board any longer. He's been removed by this present government. Um, Marshall says that MPs that own a business should be held accountable for their employees and whatever monies that they owe them. Well, everybody else is held accountable, so why not? Um, Yes, there's been concerns about boards past, present, and we gotta keep an eye on these things. Let me see, what's up? Says, please don't mention my name. Good morning, Miss Sandy. What and who deals with companies that do nothing when their team leads and supervisors touches female employees inappropriately, pushing their private parts on them and then report them nothing is done. Ooh, honey child. That's a that's a that's sexual assault for a man to be pushing up his privates on you. Um report that ish to the police. It's unfortunate when companies do nothing about it. But I think that it should be reported to the authorities, the police, and get them involved. But most of them probably push themselves up on women too with their parts. Mm, mm, mm. Disgusting behavior. Ah, sexual harassment. Wow, that's rampant. Um, Cameron says, and God forbid you have a dream book or burn a green candle to help win. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think conflicts, but you know, Cayman is so small when it comes to board appointments that there are a lot of times and it, it appears that conflicts are very, very easy 
to exist. And so you've got to go um, above and beyond ensuring that that is not the case. Right? Ay, ay, ay. Um, speaking of Ale Thompson, so late last night, I got a copy of an internal memo in his organization where he has said essentially that employees who do not get vaccinated, as of today, he needs them to show proof to HR that they've been vaccinated. And if they do not show said proof, he didn't exactly say what would happen. He just says that he expects them to get vaccinated. So he does mention that um, they were going to be dealing with the bonuses apparently this week. And now that has been postponed. He didn't specify, and I actually reached out to him, if he was saying that he is going to um, not pay bonus. And... Um, he came back and said, no, that they have not made a decision yet on what will happen with the bonuses. So um, it's interesting. And a lot of people feel a way about this, like, well, who's he to tell me I must do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, you know, when it comes to workplace safety, there's probably a lot that is dictated to you that you never question. You know, like if you work in A.L. Thompson's on the floor, I'm pretty sure you can't be wearing open-toed shoes. You got to wear closed-toed shoes. If you work outside um, in the lumberyard, for example, there's probably certain precautions that you must take. And if you don't do it, you won't have a job. So I'm sure that he's seeing this COVID situation very much the same. You don't want to get vaccinated. You're putting yourselves and the entire company, the business, our bottom line, as well as the health and safety of others at risk. And he's not the only person that's doing it. It's being done all over the world by governments and private companies. They're saying, listen, we have to mandate if you're not willing to do it. This is a community disease. This isn't a personal choice. This isn't like you walked around with AIDS and you having AIDS is not in most situations uh, easily spread. So there's only so many ways that you can catch AIDS, right? Through direct bodily fluid contact. If, the, if AIDS was an airborne disease, that would change the criteria entirely. COVID-19 is airborne. Droplets on all kinds of materials. So it is easily transmissible. Now that we have the Delta variant in the mix, and we know we have confirmed cases here, at least two. Uh, those people came in from Miami, by the way. Someone had told me last week that it was her friend who came in from Jamaica. Well, no, not unless she came through Miami. Um, a thousand times, 
more transmissible. You know what that means. They're still learning quite a bit about the Delta variant. And in fact, it's so interesting how this could cause, in the US, they're saying the fourth wave is coming. Child, they thought two waves was gonna be bad, like they did with the influenza outbreak in the early 1900s. This is a totally different situation, COVID not playing. And um, a lot of people are like, well, how can he do that? Mm, I'm not mad at it. And I'm gonna tell you why. There are safety precautions that have to be taken. His company, as you guys recall, back in May of 2020, was shut down because several employees had the coronavirus. And none of y'all can go up in the shopping if you know people in there have it. Let's be quite honest. He had to shut down for at least a week, disinfect, put social distance measuring in place, mask wearing, all this kind of stuff. Now, I don't know nothing about his fiscal position, but I'm sure a week of being closed, even during the pandemic, is a lot of money. The same money that y'all demanding that these companies increase the minimum wage from was lost. So the same people crying about, I want more money, I want my bonus, I want this, I want that. Imagine are the same people who do not want to get vaccinated. So I'm sure employers are thinking to themselves, these people are a bunch of jokers. They are crazy. <laughs> Let's be honest here. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And I hear a lot of rhetoric. It's my body. I can do what I want up to a point. When you're talking about a community transmission situation, you don't have quite as many rights as you think. Go check the law all over the world. So um, you think you have the right? Well, here's, here's basic law 101. Your rights end and begin where they start to infringe on my rights. So I have a right to live in a COVID-19 safe environment and work in a COVID-19 safe environment. And I have a right to not catch COVID-19. And you're thinking, well, you have a right to not take the vaccine. But when your decision and your right starts to infringe on my rights and the rights of other people in the community, then you no longer have a right. That's how it works. Law 101. That's just how it works. I don't know if it was the transit flight or what. All I know is it came in through Miami. So yes, El Rey, the viral load is a thousand times greater and you know what that means. Mm, 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 mm. That means everybody, 83% of the US population now has the Delta variant. So it was only a matter of time before it was gonna come to our shores. So now that we understand the fundamental, here you are over here making your decisions in your life, right? I'll make sure you can see. Here I am over here making decisions in my life. The two can coexist and all over the place, but when they start to bump into each other, because your right is now interfering with my right, we got a problem and vice versa. Legal minds all over the world, folks, have settled this argument. I did my research. I don't know about y'all. 
Uh, there was a meeting over the weekend by Katina Anglin. Boy, Katina can sure take on some issues. First, she took on the gays, lesbian, bisexual community. She was protesting against them and suing the government over that law. <laughs> now she wants to sue the government, apparently, although they haven't yet done anything. So I don't know what she's suing for, but anyway. She wants to sue the government over if they make mandatory vaccines um, for some sectors. Hmm. Can somebody please um, advise Katina that she's going to be wasting your money? Because she ain't got no money. So the money that she's collected at her event on Saturday, I heard y'all were there giving out like it was church. Remember when we were talking about being smart with your money earlier today? Y'all stupid. What are you giving this woman money for? Not for nothing, but what you think is going to happen to the money. And then next week, you're going to be talking about you need a gift certificate to go foster because you're not going to money. But you just wasted your money giving it to somebody who don't need it. What? Oh, I'm going to set up a legal fund. Kiss my backside. What legal fund y'all talking about? Where's the nonprofit? Where's the accountability? Where are the books? Who's checking the books and the donations that were brought in? Y'all, y'all can be stupid. I gotta be honest with you. I hate to call my own people stupid, but there's no other word for what you do sometimes. Stupidity at its height. But anyway, whoever was there handing out money, like it was a church um, tin, what do you call the thing you, you hand around church? Your little basket to throw in the money. All right, go ahead and give her your money. See what's gonna happen. She don't have no legal leg to stand on. Throwing out words like, um, hold on, Hannah. Let me try and look at my email, child. Look at my messages, because Lord Jehovah. <sighs> the stupidity gets me. COVID vax. Um, V-A-X-X. I like that spelling of it. Your choice. Use your freedom to defend your freedom. Use your freedom to defend your freedom. Okay, whatever that's supposed to mean. You're invited to attend an educational seminar on patient rights, informed consent, and the legal position and medical treatment and experiments. Mm -mm -mm. Educational seminar. Wow. Patient rights, informed consent. Y'all even know what any of that means? Just because an offering, thank you, Mariah. <laughs> Just because someone has a law degree, y'all need to be careful because I don't mean that they know jack shit about the law. Let me be very, very frank. I have a law degree, folks, and there are certain aspects of the law that I know nothing about. Don't be coming asking me about it because I don't know. And there's some areas due to experience I might know a little bit about. But I'm not a qualified lawyer. She's not a human rights lawyer. Take it from me. There are people who've been practicing human rights for years who will tell you this is going to be a non-issue and completely legal if they mandate it. Don't believe me? Let's look around the world. Who all do we have mandating it? So far, there are some 15 countries around the world. The USA, um, Russia, of course, <laughs> we're not surprised by that. Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, France, Italy, Greece, the Vatican, the UK, Fiji, and the list is growing by the minute. 
Hungary, Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. France, Israel, did I mention those two already? All mandating it to different degrees. The Supreme Court ruled in 1905 that during a crisis, and I don't even know how much of a crisis this was at the time, but the government must have seen it as a crisis. This was a smallpox um, situation. Mandating vaccination for smallpox was constitutional. Just last week, remember I mentioned to you guys that this, um, was it Virginia school, Indiana school, whatever, um, were sued by some students. And the high court or the Supreme Court in that state, I forget what the exact court is called, it's not the Supreme Court, but the highest court in that state, upheld mandatory vaccinations as well. Now, here's the thing. You can't say anybody's forcing you to get vaccinated. You're not, not going to force you to get vaccinated because you can always leave. You don't have to go to that university. Go to another university that doesn't have it. But you're still going to find out that the truth of the matter is you're going to be running out of universities to go to. The university has an obligation to try to keep other people safe. So remember when I said your rights end when they interfere with my rights? Well, I have a right to attend a university that's as safe as possible. And that means that they have to put certain safeguards in place to ensure that that happens. So if they say that you have to be vaccinated to attend their in-class sessions, then that's when your right to attend school in class has just ended. You can go do something else. You can do online classes, so you have other options. You can still say, no, I'm not gonna get vaccinated. That's on you. And then you can find alternatives to work around it. So I don't know what A.L. Thompson's is going to do for people who are not going to get vaccinated. He hasn't said. A lot of people thought he was going to remove their bonuses um, because, you know, he made mention of the fact that the bonus is going to be delayed. He said no decision has been made. I think he's just basically saying with the bonus, listen, our staff that we're going to be busy dealing with that HR staff allocating bonuses. No, 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 no. She has one focus this week. And that's for all of you to bring in your vaccination cards and prove that you're vaccinated or a doctor's note saying why you can't get vaccinated. And if there's a medical reason why you can't get vaccinated, then that's a different situation. There was this woman over the weekend who posted up, her name is Emmy Rosam. I guess she's an actress, yes. She has a two-month-old daughter, and she was saying how um, she gave birth on May the 24th, and this is her first child, 34 years old, American actress. And so she tweeted, she said, when I was pregnant, I got vaccinated. Not only did we have a healthy and beautiful baby girl, but we also just learned her daughter now has antibodies. So she has some degree of protection. In short, stop being irresponsible. Stop being an irresponsible idiot and get the vaccine. That was her opinion. Now, a lot of um, anti-vaxxers are getting up in their feelings. They're like, well, you shouldn't be calling people stupid who don't want to get vaccinated and you're hurting your feelings and blah, blah, blah. Well, you're potentially killing other people. 
So, I mean, if somebody thinks that that logic is stupid and why you can't accept the, the responsible data that's out there, but you want to believe these crazy anti-vaxxers, I mean, you know, if somebody calls you stupid, they might actually have a point. I'm just saying. And I'm always surprised at how so-called intelligent people are stupid about certain things. I have intelligent, they're intelligent with other things, but when it comes to vaccinations, they're not got no sense. They will send me something from a Canadian doctor like, oh, listen to what he said about blood clots. I'm like, okay, this is the same dude who also said that an entire town in Canada was burnt down by a massive laser. Not by the wood fires with some massive laser out in, I guess, space. I don't know. Probably a squirrel pulled the trigger. And this is the same person that you want me to believe when it comes to vaccines and the COVID vaccine. You've just discredited yourself. You, you're a physician with no freaking common sense. So anything you say, as far as I'm concerned, is suspect at that point. Now, they do say that even a broken clock is, is right twice a day. But when it comes to something as important as this, forgive me if I look for the scientific data upon which to rely on. Oh, the COVID vaccine killing people. Well, guess what? <laughs> I, A.L. Thompson's put it this way. And Makian blamed the man, none at all. He said, our only hope in fighting this virus is to get vaccinated. Those of us who have gotten the jab will stand a much better chance of survival than those who have not. I want you to stop reading nonsense on social media. Stop listening to stupid people spreading propaganda that have no medical knowledge. Go and get vaccinated. Mm, mm, mm. I can't blame the man because the sense of frustration from physicians and in the community is like, I've said to physicians, come on the program, talk about, you know, why people should, these physicians are like, Sandy, do you know how frustrating it is for us to deal with this level of stupidity day in and day out? They're like, we're tapped out. We can't anymore. The evidence is mounting. It's overwhelming. It's there that the vaccine is saving lives. And yet you still have these people who are going to argue with that evidence. Oh, well, it's not saving lives. Oh, you can still catch it. So what's the point? It's like, but Jesus. I'm telling you, the physicians are like, Sandy, don't even ask us because we're about to strangle somebody. And I'm like, all right. I understand your sentiments. And quite frankly, I, I sympathize with you. But I also know that the hardest thing in the world to do is change somebody's mindset. I got one book about that here, something about. Mm, mm, mm. There's nothing more difficult to do than to change how somebody thinks. That's why when people tell you you have children and you teach them from day one the right and the wrong or whatever, there's a reason why you do it from day one. You don't wait till the child is 15 years old and then you try to reverse 15 years worth of nonsense. Because it's already on the verge of being too late. I get it. I understand the frustration. But at the same time, we are required to add sense to the nonsense rhetoric that's out there. Now, let me break it down. Because I hear this one all the time. What is the point of getting the vaccine? Wanda says you can't fix stupid. <laughs> well, I am optimistic, Wanda. Hello, Miss Marcia from Canada. I am optimistic that you can fix stupid. Call me a fool, but I'm optimistic that you can't fix stupid because 
I've kind of fixed stupid before. <laughs> so I feel like there is hope it can be done. But it is a constant battle and you have to chip away at it one thought at a time. So let, let us break it down. So this is one of the biggest arguments out there. Well, it doesn't protect you from getting COVID. All right, let, let's, let us see what sort of protection you get. I'm look for the exact percentage now. So give me one second. Um, obviously, there's different vaccines out there that give you different levels of protection. So we know that the one that gives you the most is the Pfizer BioNTech, which is the one that primarily most people here in Cayman have. And um, the Moderna. Some of those other fringe ones give you like way less protection. So, um, da, 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 da. so there is some of this that is still very much incoming information. Let me be very, very clear about that. This virus was new. So how long the antibodies are going to last, the degree of protection, all of these things are constantly being monitored in real time, okay? But current information, I'm just trying to find kind of the latest, latest, latest thing. Um, again, lots of clinical information coming out here. Um, see. All right, so we got two days ago. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm just trying to see, because there's different things, right? So there's the protection at the stage of actually... Um, Preventing infection and symptomatic disease. So those are two different things. Versus preventing hospitalization and death. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first category, which is preventing infection. So people are like, well, people are still getting it. You're having these breakthrough, um, what we call breakthrough infection. So breakthrough infection is um, where someone has been vaccinated and they're still getting it. Now, those people are not talking to you about the how incredibly rare that is to have a breakthrough infection. So they're not saying what percentage that is. Now, listen to this, right? Breakthrough infections, and this is from July the 26th, so that's this morning, just posted three hours ago. Breakthrough infections represent 0.098% of those fully vaccinated. So that's less than 0.1%. Understand what I just said, 0.098. So there are these reports out there of these breakthrough COVID-19 cases among 
occurring among fully vaccinated individuals. And they get a lot of attention because they feed this rhetoric. Well, if you can get it, if you can still get it, what, what, what point does it, what does it matter? Hello. 0.098% of those fully vaccinated have these breakthrough events. That's almost negligible. It can happen. And this is what I was saying to someone recently is nothing in life is 100%. I was having multiple discussions with anti-vaxxers yesterday. And I said, listen, you take birth control, you get up every morning, you take your birth control pill, right? Those of you taking birth control. You do know it's not 100% effective, right? 97%, 98%. And yet you can go an entire lifetime as a woman taking birth control and never get pregnant when you're in birth control. Some are more effective than others. So let's talk about the things that we do every day that come with no guarantees. You take all sorts of medication that comes with no guarantees that's going to fix your problem, but you're still taking it. On the flip side of that, these things come with a risk. Birth control increases your risk of a blood clot, of heart attacks, of strokes, because of how they work. Maybe even cancers. But I bet you're still popping that pill every day because you don't want to have it raise a child and pay 50 grand a year and Cayman dollars to try and raise that child. So you'll take the risk. You're like, oh, that's a calculated risk. Hmm. 0.098% of people, these breakthrough infections are impacting. Tell me how this makes any sense that you're going to latch on to these stories, right? Of a breakthrough infection to prove your point that, well, people still getting it. Only 0.098%. I want y'all to listen to the numbers. That's far less than 0.1%. Not even 1%. So that's important. Numbers do matter. So having a breakthrough infection is rare. It's not impossible. Nothing is impossible. The evidence still shows that the majority of people who are getting severely ill are those who are unvaccinated. Someone says nine hundredths of a percent. Now, some of y'all mightn't be math experts, so that still don't make no difference to you. But the point is, it is almost negligible. But we live in a world where information is readily available. So those of you talking about, oh, they hide this, they hide not, stop your nonsense. We live in 2021, you can't hide nothing. Y'all should know this because you're sitting here listening to Ma Road. Somebody farts in East End right now, and that causes a gas explosion. Two seconds later, we got the photos, the name of the person, their family members. If the dog was outside taking a poop in the backyard, we got a video of that too. Information travels at the speed of light in 2021. It is difficult for anybody outside of probably very controlled countries like North Korea and China, maybe. Even them can be hide information because it still has a way of leaking out. So get out of your own way talking about your government's trying to kill you and trying to hide information. There are a lot easier ways than to kill you than to deal with it through a vaccine, I can assure you.
So more than 156 million Americans have been fully vaccinated nationwide. Of those, approximately 153 symptomatic breakthrough cases are estimated to have, to have occurred as of last week. That is where they get that 0.098% from. Now, to be clear, they are not tracking, and this would make total sense because someone brought this up as though, ooh, this, this lends to their argument of, you know, the numbers being off. They're not tracking positive people who aren't symptomatic because, first of all, how would you even know that? <laughs> if you're not symptomatic and you've been vaccinated, the chances of you thinking that you have COVID, you wouldn't even go and get a test. And so there could be some of those people, because again, this is where the real benefit of the vaccine comes in. There's a 0.098% chance that you might get it if you're vaccinated. The protection you get where the real benefit is, is that even if you get it, you are less likely to be hospitalized and on deathbed if you have been vaccinated. That, my friends, is where the money bag is. So this argument that you still get it, to me, is nonsense. Because that's not the most important thing. The most important thing with COVID is that you don't end up dead. You don't end up severely sick with it and having to deal with, lo with long-haul COVID disease. So... You know, there's a thing called confirmation bias, right? Where you believe something and because you believe it, you then find things, interpreting the information, interpreting the evidence to fit your belief system. Human beings do it all the time. <laughs> well, you know, my friend right now is sick with the flu and that must be COVID. It's like, okay, I get you. Well, Sandy, it don't make no difference what you say about beating my children and how that could potentially harm them psychologically because I got beaten. I'm fine. Everybody came and got beaten. They all fine. Hmm. Yes. That's why we have growing criminality. Why Northwood Prison is mostly filled up with Caymanians. <laughs> why we have an entire generation of children that are lost and they all got beat. Everybody northward got beat. They got beat with the Tamron switch. They got beat with the uh, everything. <sighs> it is frustrating sometimes trying to have these conversations with people because they are wholly illogical when you're looking at the statistical information and the facts. So here's something to sit upon and consider. My girlfriend said last night, I'm not, a, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I'm just anti-COVID vaccination. I said, right. No vaccine gives you 100% protection. Did you know that? That's a fact. But despite that, their effectiveness at preventing illnesses and death is significant. The risk to someone who is fully vaccinated and apparently eight weeks after 
getting fully vaccinated seems to be the sweet spot according to the research so far. So it takes your body a little minute to build up these antibodies. So those y'all who get vaccinated tomorrow, you got your second shot. Oh, I'm gonna run to Miami now and jump on a plane. You're probably the ones bringing it back from Miami. The Delta variant, thank you very much. And thankfully those people are asymptomatic. They've been vaccinated. But yes, vaccinated people brought in the Delta variant. How does that happen? Well, we don't have all the details of when they got vaccinated. Maybe they hadn't reached that eight point sweet spot, that eight week sweet spot, sweet, try saying that a few times, eight week sweet spot. So yes, a small percentage of vaccinated folks will get infected and some will also transmit it. However, the more vaccinated people that exist, the more breakthrough cases that will be seen. It's just a numbers game. Now here, yeah, according to the CDC, the numbers in the US are rising. Coronavirus cases across all 50 states, highest point since May. Uh-huh. The US average is quadrupling. 47,000 new cases a day, again, driven largely by this new Delta variant. It accounts for some 83% of new cases nationwide. Florida is a hot spot. So y'all talking about you want to jump on a plane, go shopping. Mm. Virus-related hospitalizations are also on the increase. They now have more than 27,000 patients hospitalized around the country in the U.S. Still lower than the 125,000 that they had in January, but still. They're definitely having a look at what's happening. And there are things that will drive it. July 4th weekend, you know, the Americans are out there partying and doing that. In the U.S., they're out football, Euro Cup, blah, blah, blah. So there will be clusters related to a lot of those types of situations. Here's what a physician who is keenly listening to the program said. Do these women know that they're more likely to get a blood clot from birth control pills than from the COVID-19 vaccine? But y'all popping a pill every day? And you've popped a pill for years. You've gotten the Deprovera shot for years, too. And I bet you never read the pamphlet about the side effects of that. Um, I saw a video the other day where a local person's like, oh, they don't even want to tell you what's in the vaccine. How can you take a thing? And I'm like, geez, I'm Pete. This is why, Magdalene, I'm not calling people stupid because they don't want to take a vaccine. I'm calling people stupid because of the justifications that they use. So when you say, well, y'all don't know what's in it, I'm like, you're supposed to be an intelligent person getting on a podcast, trying to educate people and trying to say things, right? You have a responsibility in my mind. That's why sometimes we can sit here all day and talk foolishness, but I always try to keep it real and I always try to look at facts. Because I know if I have 300 people watching me on YouTube and, in, and Facebook and another few on Instagram, y'all are going to believe what I say, whether I know what I'm talking about or not. I have the ability to sway people and most people who have a voice that they're using in a public way have that ability. 
And with that comes a great deal of responsibility. And you have to be careful what you say when it comes to certain really critical things. Seriously. So for me to sit here and tell you that they don't know what's in COVID, why don't you go and read what's in it? It's online, you know. All y'all want to be Dr. Google. Well, <laughs> Dr. Google yourself with some correct information. What's in it is readily available. The side effects are readily available. The data that's being collected by government agencies and nonprofit organizations all over the world is all online. No one is trying to hide any information from you. Here's a visual that someone is sharing with us. Let me share this with you. Hey, Audrey, how you doing? I need to come and have some good Italian food up by Audrey's. Um, here, have a look at this. Multiple layers impose success. So this is what's called the Swiss cheese respiratory pandemic defense. Recognizes that no single intervention is perfect at preventing the spread of the coronavirus. Each intervention layer has holes. This goes to the point of people saying, well, why do I still have to wear a mask if I get vaccinated? Because the vaccine doesn't offer 100% protection. And everything, this is, this is the Swiss theory now, everything that you do, so you get vaccinated. That's a great deal of protection, but it's not perfect. It still has holes in it. Swiss cheese has holes in it. You wear a mask, mm, that could make up the difference of the protection that you're lacking from the vaccine. Washing your hands often, social distancing, not going out in public, large public spaces with tons of people. I like this Swiss cheese thing here now. This sounds like good common sense. So you see what it says here in this uh, And Audrey makes the point that they've been working on this SARS virus vaccine for years. Audrey, we went through that, not just years, decades. Decades, 30, 40 years. It's nothing new. <clears throat> Personal responsibilities. Here we go. I'm sorry Instagram users can't see this because this is actually quite good. I'll post that later on our platforms. Physical distance. So stay at home if you're sick. That has some holes in it. Hand hygiene, cough etiquette, mask wearing, avoid touching your face. If you go into a crowded area, limit your space. Fast and sensitive testing and tracing. So every bit of the puzzle. Now you see when you get to the last bit of cottage cheese, you have fewer holes in it. Quarantine and isolation, then the vaccine. And you have kind of hopefully the healthy person there at the end. This is a perfect illustration of how you need to layer up on the situation. It's a layer of protection, folks. Somebody else says people use the excuse that if they're vaccinated, 
you can still get the virus and transmit it, but I think they're missing the point that unvaccinated people will become more sick and overwhelm the hospitals. Therefore, people that need the health system for other medical reasons will be greatly affected. That's one of the, that will definitely be one of the fallouts of the situation. Without a doubt. Now, there are people who are saying, um, as Brenda says, simple, if the work permit holders don't want to help our community be safe, leave. <laughs> well, it's not going to just be work permit holders. If you work at the HSA, for example, you're a frontline staff, you're dealing with people who are most vulnerable. Um, whether you're a work permit holder or not, they've mandated that you're going to have to get vaccinated unless you have a medical reason why you can't. So I think so. Clinton asked if I remember the article in the Compass from July to 27, 2006. Pretty sure I don't remember anything from 2006 that would have happened. Um, so no, I don't know what article you could potentially be talking about. El Rey says the U.S. media is calling this rise in COVID cases as the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Folks, we have to open our borders at some point. And there are people who are getting increasingly frustrated saying the government should just throw the border doors open and just do it. Because at this point, if you've not understood the importance of getting vaccinated, then that's going to be on you. On the one hand, I understand from a logical perspective the frustration. Again, the New York Times has another article about breakthrough COVID in perspective. It comes down to those numbers, how you have to keep it in perspective. People are over-imagining how it's happening even. Very good article. What we know, let's start with a few facts that are very clear. Vaccinated people are nearly guaranteed not to be hospitalized or killed by COVID. It didn't say 100%. Nearly guaranteed. That's as good as it gets. Remember the BVI prime minister saying the fact that his elderly mom in her 80s had taken the vaccine? She was still hospitalized, probably because of her age, really. But she's alive. And he said she is alive because she was vaccinated. Among children under 12 who remain ineligible for the vaccine, serious forms of COVID are still extremely rare, although they're seeing an uptick in the numbers of young people that are infected, not children necessarily, but younger, um, early 20s and teenagers and so on. Children face bigger risk when they ride in a car. Perspective, folks. The Delta variant does not appear to change either of those facts. Millions of unvaccinated American adults are vulnerable to hospitalization or death from COVID.
So that layer protection. Right? That's what you're trying to go after. Change in COVID cases by age. 18 to 29, 22.2%. 30 to 39, 22.5%. The elderly, 65 to 74, remember they were the ones who were dying from it early on? But guess what? Most of them, 90% of these older people are now vaccinated since May. So now they're they're becoming the minority, 3.8%. 75 plus, 1.5%. It's the younger folks, the 18 to 39, who are refusing to get vaccinated. They're the ones catching it. Similar trends in the UK as well as the US. Here's what someone said. Different vaccinated people are gonna make different decisions and that's okay. I find the risk of breakthrough infections to be small enough that I'm not going to make major changes in my behavior. So this is about adding different layers, mask wearing, all this kind of stuff. I would feel differently if I lived in a community with a lower vaccination rate. And that is why this government is doing its best to get you all to understand that the higher we get that vaccination rate, the more we can protect everyone in our community, including those people who are ineligible for the vaccine and who cannot get it, which means our children. When we reopen, yes, we will have infections. And this anti-vaccination um, you know, drive being led by Katina Anglin and others, if that is impressing upon you not to get vaccinated, when we reopen our borders, I can only pray that you're not going to be one of those people that on your deathbed is going to be begging the physician to vaccinate you because it's too late. Once you have it and they got you an oxygen, they've incubated you and whatever, begging for the vaccine, not to help you at that point, it's already too late. But it's not even about you. It's also about the other people, children and others who cannot get the vaccine that you're putting at risk because you refuse to make up the numbers to get us to that 80%. Do I believe in mandating vaccines? Yes. Sometimes you can't save people from themselves. And like I said, this isn't about a personal decision. Someone said, Oh, you know, this is like me eating pork uh, or beef. I don't eat pork or beef. And you come and tell me eat pork or beef. Stop talking nonsense, man. What? Th this is where I'm like, our people can't be that stupid. And I'm sorry if, if, if calling someone who says something like that is stupid, is insulting to you, then you tell me what else I should call them. Jackass of the day? I mean, you're stupid too. You said donkey. Eh? Honestly. Okay, let me let me think about this logically. 
Where's Aunt Lottie today, child? Because I'm calling her a lot. May she rest in peace. Aunt Lottie said that don't make no damn sense. <sighs> so. You eat beef or pork. And someone telling you you can't not eat beef or pork, that's a personal decision, versus a vaccine. Mm, what am I missing here? What am I missing? Eh, where's the common sense in this argument? Okay. If I eat beef or pork, that doesn't impact anybody else. Not even other people in my family. Like I've lived with family members who sometimes my husband goes on a vegetarian only diet. That don't impact me. I don't have to eat what he's eating. <laughs> I might buy more vegetables to make sure he gets his zucchini and whatever the heck he wants. But I don't get nothing to do with me. I can sit and eat steak every day if I want. That's the true definition of a personal choice. What I do only impacts me. Now, there'll be those of you who can argue and extend that a little bit. And you say, well, hold on a second, Sandy. If you're going to sit down and eat unhealthy every day, uh, you're going to drop down with a heart attack and die. You might get cancers, all this other stuff. That eventually impacts those around you. Yes, that is true. But I'm talking in the real sense of word. If I sit down and eat beef and pork, yeah, you can't tell me what to put in my mouth and eat, although governments do it indirectly all the time. That's why they attach a syntax onto a lot of things that you do. So you want to smoke? That's your business. Although smoking is also not an accurate reflection of something that doesn't impact other people because secondhand smoke kills. Third-hand smoke, where it gets into, it seeps into the furniture and everything else, has an impact on the health and wellness of people around you. So let's stick it to the eating of beef and pork. That's a pretty good example of something that is relatively confined to just being about you and nobody else. Nope, the government can't tell me if I want to eat beef and pork, but that's not analogous to the government not telling you or telling you that you need to get vaccinated. That's not the same thing. Not by, it's not even in the same universe of, of things. Because your decision to not get vaccinated has a direct impact on other people. Simple. You are not able to protect other people who are ineligible if we all walk around with this attitude that we do not want to protect ourselves protect ourselves. This isn't really a personal decision. And I agree with Alti when he says. That this is our only hope. There is no other hope out there, folks. This is it. And for you to discard our only hope, but yet you want to sit down and talk about the cost of living. You want to complain about the bonus that government can't increase to the $2,000. You want to complain about all of these things. Do you not see the necessity to open back our economy as much as we can in as safe a way as we can? Hmm? We cannot continue to live with our borders closed. Now, we have been fortunate because we've had financial services to kind of pick up the slack a little bit. But if you think that's going to continue, y'all better wake up. Tourism, 
needs to get back to work in some way, shape, or form. And there's a lot of money that trickles down from that restaurants, hotels, everything is not operating nowhere near the usual capacity. So your decision isn't like eating beef or pork. Your decision is going to impact the reopening of this country, impact the lives and sicknesses of people in this community, the economy, all of this, all the stuff that you're telling government that they need to fix and they better fix. Here you are as a collective community having the responsibility to work towards resolving it. And you don't want to do it because you're believing all kind of stuff that don't make no sense. That there's evidence. You can go and actually dig up the source reports. You don't have to believe the New York Times. You don't have to believe CNN. You don't have to believe Fox News. You don't have to believe anybody. Go and look at the research for yourself. You can find it. This Delta variant is so incredibly deadly that now we're seeing um, reports coming out of Israel that the vaccine might only be 60 something percent effective against the Delta variant. Again, folks, this is a problem. I want you guys to watch this video called Breaking Through the Noise. Um, I came across this over the weekend. And again, I think it's important for us to pick sense from nonsense and to try to understand what is really happening. All right, I want you to take a look at this. All of these tweets are asking some variation. They're small, but take my word for it. Some variation of the question, what's the point in getting vaccinated if people are getting COVID anyway? This is an emerging mindset among the unvaccinated since reports of so-called breakthrough infections have become more frequent. And that's the kind of mindset that is putting millions of people at risk. If there are people in your orbit using breakthrough cases as an excuse not to get vaccinated, this is what they need to know. Breakthrough cases occur in fully vaccinated people who test positive for coronavirus. But there's a difference between testing positive and getting sick. Vaccines are largely effective at preventing severe illness and death by creating antibodies that help fight the virus once it enters your body. They're not a magic coat of armor that repels the disease like a superhero suit. We've known this from the beginning. No one who knows anything about vaccine development ever said the COVID vaccine would make us immune. They do make it so that even if you did catch the virus, you'd have far less of a reaction to it than if you were unvaccinated. There are more than 162 million fully vaccinated people in the United States. Breakthrough infections occur in just a tiny sliver of them. And recent studies show that most COVID vaccinated, most COVID cases in vaccinated people are mild if a vaccinated person develops symptoms at all. There are instances where the fully vaccinated individuals have been hospitalized. Indeed, some have died. 
But medical experts say this is relatively uncommon. More than 97% of hospitalized COVID patients are unvaccinated. No vaccine is 100% effective, so breakthrough cases are expected. Think of a vaccine like a seatbelt. We wear one to protect ourselves from serious injury in the event of a collision. Doesn't mean you come out of the crash completely unscathed, but it might just save your life. Breakthrough infections should not be taken to mean that vaccines don't work. They should be taken as even more reason to get that shot in your arm, because if everyone were vaccinated, there would be far less reason for the virus to spread and far fewer people for it to spread between. For the unvaccinated, this isn't just about you. The world is experiencing another surge of coronavirus. The Delta variant is fueling a rapid increase in cases and deaths. Hospitals in some states are once again struggling to keep up. This shouldn't be happening in a country with a surplus of a free life-saving vaccine. So what's the point in getting vaccinated? In protecting yourself, you will protect others. It stops the spread. And together, we save lives. Simple as that, really, folks. Uh, I know it sounds simple, but y'all keep arguing against logic. So that's where we're at. Delta variant confirmed in the Cayman Islands as of last week. And um, I would suggest, folks, that you consider the implications of that and what that means for us as a people. Government is going to mandate it. And I, for one, have no issues with that. Um, I think that companies will mandate it. And I also have no issues with them doing so. You have a choice, I suppose, to find new employment if that's, you know, if you feel so, you know, agreed by it. But as indicated earlier, all over the world, the UK, the USA, um, different people are saying, okay, we, we have to, we have to get people vaccinated. And it is what it is. We'll see when and if this government has the balls to do the right thing and mandate it at the very minimum for work permit holders. They do make up over 50% of the population. But even if you work for a company and you're a Cayman and you don't get a pass. Um, to not get vaccinated just because you're a Caymanian. We should be the first ones in line, to be quite frank and quite honest. San Francisco, California announced that all 35,000 of its city employees will have to get vaccinated. Zimbabwe has followed suit for all of its civil servants. In France and Israel, you have to be vaccinated to enter a public building. So you go into court, driver's license, all those places, you better be vaccinated. U.S. federal judge rejected a request from students to block Indiana University's vaccine mandate. If you refuse to get vaccinated, you cannot attend classes. Here in Cayman, you will also see a move um, from businesses, I think, even for customers entering the business. They'll get to the point where they're going to say, don't come in if you're not vaccinated. Walk with your vaccination ID. Greek, mandatory inoculation for health care and nursing staff has been implemented. France and Hungary, compulsory for healthcare workers. Again, they're all seeing a rise because of this fast spreading Delta virus. Italy became the first European country to mandate the shots for healthcare workers through a government emergency decree. So they passed an emergency decree saying you gotta do it in Italy. And the list will continue to grow around the world as um, the Delta variant continues. And so, you know, that will fuel 
more infections and more death, unfortunately. We've been so fortunate, we live in a bubble and we've been so incredibly fortunate to not have it take the lives of people that we know. And I still sit back and I say, maybe that is or has been a double-edged sword for us. We've been too fortunate to the point where we don't appreciate how quickly that can go away once the borders open. I can't, I can't fathom when I hear people saying, oh, well, it's working, just keep the borders closed forever. And I'm just like, what? Is that really logical? And does that really make sense to you? We can't, this is survival mode. And you can't stay in survival mode forever. That doesn't make any sense. We have to try to get back to normal. COVID isn't going anywhere. And so we're going to have to live with it. Thomas, that's one of the stories that we're actually going to put up a bit later on today, because this is where, and I want to talk about this tomorrow, this is where relying on other countries to get it right comes with a certain degree of risk. And that's that's bothersome that the UK has taken that position. It's just unbelievable. Miss Winsome, thank you so much. She said, listening and watching whenever I can, commenting for the first time. I appreciate that. Um, thanks for that information because of the lack of knowledge that people shall perish, continue to inform. Those are biblical words. The lack of knowledge. I hear people using religion. I hope you guys watched um, the video that we posted yesterday from um, this BVI minister because they're having people die left, right, and center. And he had um, a number of comments about, you know, the foolishness that he's hearing. Oh, this is the mark of the beast. And, oh, Lord have mercy. People are just really going out of hand with it. And so as a man of God, he's trying to impart some wisdom and some knowledge. And he said, listen, your people, our people are dying. Stop buying into all this foolishness. Oh, God is going to protect us, blah, blah, blah. Well, God gave you common sense. He gave you a brain that you should be using. And he gave you medical advances to save your life. Very few of you will sit back when you're sick and not do some sort of medical intervention to help recover or help yourself get better or fight it. Whether it's cancers, heart disease, um, all kind of stuff. Y'all run out there getting cosmetic procedures to try and look good and keep the bubbles lifted up much less. But yet you're talking about COVID and that God can save you from COVID-19. You're not going to do anything to give yourself a fighting chance. That doesn't make any sense. God didn't create mankind to be so incredibly stupid. He really didn't. Aunt Lottie's pearls of wisdom, what she used to say, God helps those who help themselves. There is a degree of self-reliance here where you have to do the right thing that is significant. You can't just sit back and say, I'm going to wait on a miracle from God. What, what is that story about? Um, remember the story of how God sent the man praying um, for a rescue.
The man in the flood, do you guys remember this? The drowning man? Let me refresh your memory. So a fellow was stuck on the rooftop in a flood and there he was praying to God for help. Soon a man in a rowboat came by and the fellow shouted to the man in the roof, jump in, I can save you. The stranded fellow shouted back, no, it's okay. I'm praying to God and he's gonna save me. So the rowboat went on. Then a motorboat came by. The fellow in the motorboat shouted, jump in, I can save you. To this, the stranded man said, no thanks. I'm praying to God and he's gonna save me. I have faith. So the motorboat went on. Then a helicopter came by and the pilot shouted, grab the rope, I'll lift you to safety. And to this, the stranded man again replied, no thanks, I'm praying to God and he's going to save me, I have faith. So the helicopter reluctantly flew away. Soon the water rose above the rooftop and the man drowned and he went to heaven. Not sure how you could get to heaven, but anyway, he went to heaven. Let's not question that part of the story. And he finally got his chance to discuss the whole situation with God, at which point he exclaimed, I had faith in you, but you didn't save me. You let me drown. I don't understand why. To this, God replied, I sent you a rowboat. I sent you a motorboat and I sent you a helicopter. What more did you expect? Y'all expect in the hand of God himself. Modern medicine is possible and it saves millions of lives every single year. You'll go out there and get experimental treatments for your cancer that have no proof at all of if they're gonna work and some are detrimental to your health, right? And you're willing to do all that but oh no, I can't touch COVID, that's too experimental. Really? You're willing to do things like take uh, radiation and chemo. You know what that does to the body immediately? But you wanna try and stay off cancers? We all do it, but oh, I don't wanna take a COVID shot. I might get a blood clot, one in a million chances, but I might get a blood clot. Something's wrong here. Uh, Miss uh, Virtuous Pinook says, how does the disabled and sick shut-ins get the COVID shots? This is an excellent question. And this is now where I think that this government has a responsibility to start um, increasing access to everyone. Who wants to get the COVID shot? It's time that we see some programs, some home visitation programs, if necessary. There needs to be a hotline where you can call and say, listen, I'm at home, I don't have transportation, I can't get out, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm, I'm willing and I want it. Thank you for that. Morning, Karen. Folks, we've gone into overtime. That's all I got for you. I actually have a good court couple of cases that we're following of interest. One has closing arguments today, so I don't want to miss much of that. So I'm going to head out here shortly. You guys have a blessed and wonderful day. And uh, listen, I would not be encouraging anyone in this community to get a vaccine that I'm not willing to get first and foremost. And if I thought it was detrimental to my own health, I wouldn't be taking it. I don't want any of you to die. And I certainly don't want to die either. 
So believe me, I don't own any shares in Pfizer, Moderna, or anything else. <clears throat> I'm not in the business of peddling misinformation. Trust me. If I don't know, I will tell you this is speculation, not confirmation, and I don't know. On that note, my beautiful folks, Caymanians living overseas and the Caymans abroad, lots of expats that love listening to the program. Thank you guys so much. I ran into a lady on a Saturday. Her husband said, oh, Miss Sandra, I was at um, Kashi Less. He said, I don't speak much English, but my wife, number one fan. And then the wife came up. She was in another aisle. She came over and she's like, oh, my God, I love your show. I'm your number one fan. I really appreciate it. Um, we're trying to order some more mugs because that first batch, well, that was actually the second batch, but that went so incredibly quickly. I'm going to try to see if I can get some more mugs. And uh, you guys have a beautiful day. We'll be back here, God's willing, tomorrow morning. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 